Hey, Force Ghost listeners, Brian here with a quick announcement before the show. Um, I refer a couple times in this episode to um, a second segment. We're just going to spin that off into a second episode for next week, so uh, there is no second se- segment. Don't wait around for it after Matt, Liz, and I talk. That's the end for this week. But we have a nice bonus episode next week coming out. Also, we recorded this in a new piece of software, which uh, put some like reverb on our voices, so it sounds like we're recording this in a concert hall. It was still my dining room table. I have disabled that for next time. But just so you know, that's what uh, that's what that weird sound is. So sorry for the weird sound quality, but um, we'll be back next week with a bonus episode featuring at least one, if not maybe two or three other uh, other guests. And uh, yeah, let's get to the show. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. I am Brian. Joining me this week, as always, are my friends Liz and Matt. Hello, guys. Hi. Hey, how's it going? We are here to uh, rehash Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. It is, uh, we're recording this on February uh, 11th, (laughs) and uh, so we we saw the movie almost two months ago. I believe we saw it on the 16th of December? That sounds right. Yeah, somewhere around then. Yeah, mm-hmm. before so it, the holidays. Yeah, and I, I think it opened wide on the eight. No, it opened on the twentieth. We saw it. Who cares? We saw it a while ago. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we all talked the day of our initial recording about how talking about the film really changed our opinion on the film. And so I'm curious, two months later, how we're all feeling about it. So I'm going to go around, and uh, I'm going to ask you all individually. If your opinion of the film has risen, fallen, or stayed the same since we started. So, Matt, you're sitting <laughs> across from me. You get, you get to start this. Yeah, um, it has certainly fallen. There are some things that I said that I very much regret <laughs> on the last <laughs> podcast. Um, I believe I was a, a, a defender of the film, and then I saw it again, and it was a slog getting through a lot of it. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I it it is fallen watching it a second time, despite the fact that I've had many an opinion spoken to me over the holiday. We'll break. talk about yeah, that. So, <laughs> so yeah, Liz. Um, I, yeah, I I feel like after I saw the movie the first time, I was pretty hopeful and felt like perhaps I liked it. And then after we started talking and focused on all the things we didn't like, <laughs> yeah, my feelings changed even just discussing the movie. And then after seeing it a few more times, yeah, um, I, you know, I wound up not enjoying the movie very much. Um, and as I think I've mentioned, yeah. and particularly maybe to Matt as well, I became angry about various things. Yeah. Um, you know, in particular, <laughs> should I mention them now? Should no, I wait? We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so yeah, it, just bottle it, that it's anger just, yeah. a little bit longer. <laughs> I probably won't sound too angry, but yeah, it was just disappointing. Yeah, and Matt, you've seen the film twice. I've only, I've only seen it twice. Liz, you've seen it. I've seen it four times. And I have seen it three times. So we've all seen it multiple times. And um, my opinion of the film, I would say it stayed more the same than yours okay. has, but I disliked it the most initially, I think. Yeah. It yeah, I, like that's it. fair. Yes. That's fair. And so um, 
there are parts of it that I really dislike, but there aren't too many parts that I liked and now don't like, or parts that I disliked. And like, I don't, my opinion does not changed at all. I think it's just I'm more entrenched in that opinion. Like the things I didn't like, I really don't like, and the things I liked, I guess I like somewhat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Continue a lukewarm feeling towards. Yes, yeah. yes. I would say there are probably a half dozen true high spots in the movie, and we'll talk about those later. And I think yeah. that each of those, more or less, have very little to do with the plot of the film, and have to do with like specific scenes working or specific actors' performances. My biggest takeaway, the more I watch it, is just how much of a mess the film is from a structural standpoint mm-hmm. and from a screenwriting standpoint. Yeah. Uh, just, just really how, just, just how, much, <laughs> just how much of a mess it is. I, I don't know. And the more I watch it, the less I understand why certain decisions were made. Um, and to me, that is very different from the criticism that I've seen leveled at The Last Jedi. People who don't like The Last Jedi, I don't think anybody says it's a movie that is confusing to watch mm-hmm. or that doesn't have an internal consistency and an internal logic to it or that the screenplay was poorly written, any of those things. I, I think yeah. that you may not like the choices it made, but I think you have to respect the craft that goes into that film. You could you could see at least a reasoning behind the choices. Yes, yes, Here absolutely. the choices seem haphazard. Yes. Uh, arbitrary is uh, yeah. the word that I somebody said to me recently. It was like, every every decision in the film is an arbitrary decision. I was like, oh, that's, that's a really good <laughs> that's a way to put it. Yeah. Um, so Matt, say what you were saying to us before we started recording about the holidays. Yeah, I... <clears throat> At, over the holidays, um, Christmas and New Year's, um, I've been to a number of different holiday parties with a number of different people that have heard that I have a Star Wars podcast, and all of them have felt um, obliged to tell me their opinion on the movie, um, which I appreciate, but I've really come to realize that everyone is very upset about the movie, either they thought it didn't get the recognition it deserved. They thought it was terrible and people liked it too much. Regardless, everyone thinks that their opinion is only held by them and no one else in the world, and they're right. Um, which I think is some of the same divisiveness we saw with um, Last Jedi, except there's never really a good reasoning behind why people liked it or didn't like it. Because again, like you said, the choices were kind of arbitrary. Either you thought it was kind of cool or you kind of didn't, mm-hmm. um, is what a lot of it boiled down to. And I felt in those discussions, I rarely had a response because everything anyone said was right. The plot was weak. The characters were not interesting or Maybe you did like the way that the story wrapped up for Ray. Okay, I can't disagree with you for that. You liked the kiss. You didn't like the kiss. Because again, there was no impact behind any choice that it made the opinion to like it or not like it meaningless. 
So I, I didn't have any response to any of it. All I just kept like, well, that's a good point. Because any point you make about it's good because it can be interpreted any way because there's no rationale. It doesn't really fit the context of anything else we've seen in Star Wars. It just kind of happened, and then we are like, okay, it's over now. Yeah. So, Liz, I know that... W- I was just saying to you guys off air, I listened to our first episode recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I didn't remember why I started, but whatever. <laughs> nostalgia. It, nostalgia yeah. for less than a year ago, yeah. Uh, Turn it on, heard some great voices. Yeah, and exactly. just ran with exactly. it. Uh, but one of the things you had said was that you... Uh, you felt you were you prepare your whole life for talking just about st- to two guys about Star Wars. That's right. So <laughs> that was your brother and my brothers, and then like their, and friends, then their friends as well. Right? Yeah, one friend in particular you mentioned is like being. Uh, I'm not sure if there was. Maybe. Regardless, perhaps you saw the movie on Thursday of that week I did. with those people. Yes. So what did? What did they think of the movie? Uh, generally, I think their response was generally positive. We didn't talk too long afterwards. Yeah, a little bit after. Matt was there as well, mm-hmm. um, I think, because, you know, it was a school night and such. But generally, I think their response was positive. And I think at the time, I was still kind of like, yeah, this movie is, you know, kind of okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't really get to talk to them <laughs> um, much afterwards about it. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure what their feelings are right now. Uh-huh. I feel like I haven't really... I, I've talked to some people about it, but no one that perhaps is at that uh, level of Star Wars okay. love. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some of my friends that I have talked to maybe liked it, didn't like it um, for various reasons, but I haven't gotten into a, you know, complex discussion sure. with any of, uh, any of those guys yet. I... There were like four people that I was really interested in their takes. One of which is my college roommate, Ed Kelly, who's going to be on the end of the show. I talked to him the other day about Star Wars. Uh, One of which is my friend Kenny, who I went to go see it with uh, the third time I saw it. He and I have seen every Star Wars movie that isn't solo together. And so we wanted to go see it again. And then um, I have a couple of, uh, of cousins that are big Star Wars people. Nobody liked it of the four. People, their opinions range from... It's fine. It's the worst Star Wars movie ever made. Oh, and kind of. Uh, my friend Ed said it's it's his least favorite Star Wars movie of all of them. Wow. Uh, his point, which you'll, you, listeners will hear, but Matt and Liz may not hear it until later, is uh, he basically said that George, say what you want about George Lucas, he had a vision, and whether you like his vision or not, he had a clear vision he was trying to execute, and that this movie lacked that compass pointing anywhere. And I can't really disagree with that. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. Yeah. So uh, my, my next question, before we get into sort of our nuts and bolts here, is do you guys know anybody who loved the movie? I do not. I do. Who loved it? Um, one of my wife's coworkers' husbands loved it. He thought it was a good wrap-up to... Liz is, Liz is racking her brain because Liz works with your <laughs> wife. So she is racking her brain as to yeah. who this was. Uh, Amy's husband. Ah, okay. He felt I it was a him. great way to wrap up everything. He, his opinion, which I think is a very adult way of looking at it, it's not how he would have done it, but it did what it needed to do. And I think I agree with him from the fact that, I know you and I are going to disagree with this, the third movie in each of the trilogies sucks it rushes to the finish line it shoves in a whole bunch and doesn't accomplish what it needs to i don't think jedi did 
I don't think Revenge of the Sith did. I don't think this did. I think each of the third movies is a rush to the finish line, and this just kind of fell into line with the other two. I don't disagree that they're all rushes to the finish line. I will say that some of them handle that more better than others do. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying that. The, I'm just saying that Come the, at me, the sins of this <laughs> movie me, are not unique to this no, film. No, 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 no. Um, I don't know how the third try. You don't realize that you should write all three movies first. <laughs> is beyond well, me. Yeah. Well, but yes. Yeah. One of the big things that I took away from each subsequent screening was. You can sort of see how the sausage is made the more you watch it. You're like, oh, okay, this is being done to counteract this, and this is whatever. And I remember saying I felt the first half of the movie is there to undo The Last Jedi. I will rephrase that to the entire movie is there to undo The Last Jedi. There is so little from The Last Jedi that makes it through. Mm -hmm. And to, to go to your point, which a lot of people have said, like, why don't you write all three movies to start? I think in some ways it's good to be able to react to the things once they're not just on the page but on the screen. Mm -hmm. And so I understand why you wouldn't do that. I also understand if you want the films... Liz, before you got here, Matt and I were talking about Marvel movies versus DC movies. And I was saying that the DC movies, although they're not as good as the Marvel movies, each one is more dependent on the writer and the director to do their own thing. And I feel like Star Wars wanted these three movies to be three different filmmakers each doing their thing with it. But for that to work, you have to not, you have to spend your allotted time doing your thing, not correcting somebody else's thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are, I think there are things in The Last Jedi that are somewhat corrections to The Force Awakens. I think that there are some choices Ryan Johnson made that, I don't want to say undo things in The Force Awakens, but it, they affect them, right? But there's no moment in The Last Jedi where anything directly contradicts anything that was said in The Force Awakens. And there are so many things in this movie that in action or in word directly go against The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. It just feels like so much in this movie betrays the new characters. And I don't know if that was for the sake of the old characters, who I also feel like were betrayed in some ways as well, some more than others. Oh, I have some thoughts on that, yeah. Yeah, I, me too. But yeah, I feel like it just betrayed the new characters. And like I know you have said before mm-hmm. that Star Wars needs to move on. Yeah. And I, you know, we, I know I grew to love these new characters, and Rey in particular, and I feel like she got fucked. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Real hard in this movie. And it kind of it ruined her character in some way. It totally took away like all of her agency and who she was in those prior two movies. I feel like you almost don't even need to see the other two. You don't. The only part, yeah, Han's ghost is maybe the only thing you would miss. And Luke's ghost. And like, Luke's ghost. You, you have to know yeah. that those two characters are no longer alive. Yeah. But other than that, they, they it has it not only doesn't have anything to do with Last Jedi. It has virtually nothing to do with. Force Awakens. So here is something I wanted to talk about. A lot of people did not like the Canto Bite section of um, The Last Jedi. Yeah. And the point that I have made a couple of times is that in The Force Awakens, 
Finn realizes he's not a rebel. He, he's, not a, he's not in the First Order. But he doesn't really become a rebel yeah. until you see that Cancel Bite sequence. That, that shows him that he needs to like, take a side. He can't be DJ, right? He, can't, mm-hmm. he has to throw him with something. And so now that he's a rebel, yeah. what did Finn, did Finn grow at all in the Rise of Skywalker? And my answer is nothing. He is promoted to like co-general or whatever because mm-hmm. Poe says, I need you with me. But nothing that Finn does really makes his character any better. Yeah. Uh, Poe, in The Force Awakens, is the best pilot in the galaxy. In The Last Jedi, he's the worst leader in the galaxy. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he's supposed to recognize what it's like to lead. He's not a particularly good leader. I mean, he's not bad, but he's not... He doesn't grow at all in The Rise of Skywalker. In The Force Awakens, Rey is a desert scavenger who doesn't know who her family is. In The, Rise of, in the Return, Last Jedi, she becomes... She, she figures out her role in the universe. And in this film, she refigures out her role in the universe, and it's somehow worse than the last <laughs> one. Like, like, all three main characters are really undone. Yeah. Not only that, like, I don't think that Hux is the greatest character in Star Wars. But, there's, but you see Hux in The Force Awakens. He's this, like, useful tool of Snoke. And then in The, in the, the Last Jedi you see him kind of struggle with Kylo Ren's ascendancy mm. to the supreme leader role, and then he, he's a spy all of a sudden. Like, and then the worst of all, and I'm sorry to keep talking, is Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like, it, I legitimately think he's scarier in The Force Awakens than Darth Vader ever was mm-hmm. because yes. he's so unhinged yeah. and he's mm-hmm. just he's volatile. And then The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, if you want to complain about every other character... He gave Kylo Ren so much to do in that mm-hmm. movie. And then in this movie, he's just... He's a shell of who he was in the first two. It's, I don't think his redemption arc is, is effective, really. I don't... Uh, every one of the new characters, you're right, got fucked. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's super depressing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's to assume that there are any other characters that, like, ascended to take their place. But there wasn't. You could you could make yeah, it. There, I mean, you can make an argument that Lando in the original trilogy kind of comes out of left field. Sure. We see a rushed redemption arc of his, and he becomes a really main character. Absolutely. In mm-hmm. Jedi, I mean, here he just pops in out of nowhere and is horrible. He's Gene Parmesan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's not even like there's not another character that swooped in no. and you know took yeah. the role or any. It, it, there's no one. There's nobody that matters except for a five-inch blue dude in the whole movie. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we had talked about how wasted Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell was the first time we saw it. The more you watch that movie, the more you realize Carrie Russell's character could be interesting, but is, is not at no. all in that movie. Um, you know, I... The bringing back Palpatine thing seems real dumb. Ugh. And the, the best, the line in the movie that exemplifies everything is, po- and Ed talks about this later in the podcast, Poe says, Palpatine's back somehow. And yeah, like, and then that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Even he's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, um, it's, it's... And we haven't even mentioned how done Dirty Rose was. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Th- that's all you can say. I, what else is there to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we mentioned it when we first talked about <laughs> yeah. the movie, and it's just so ob- glaringly obvious. Yeah. And it's the worst excuse in the world that she lost screen time because of the Leia things. You reshot and you reworked. You yeah. you just felt you didn't care about that character that people really loved from the other film. Like I don't. So I want to talk about Leia. I think all of us understand why they wanted Leia to be a part of the film. Does anybody think her parts were effective? No. 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 They were not effective. They didn't make sense. They didn't... They could They could have paid reverence, had something happen in the beginning. Like, there's a lot of ways that it could have happened, and it just was ridiculous. Yeah, and I feel like she is another character that somehow was betrayed in the end in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, even just... Well, and then it, it was confusing, too. Like, in the end, when... She called Ben her son, and then he was, like, distracted. And then I, I was confused at, like, what point she died. And then at what point, like, even just the whole timing of everything was so, very confusing. The way I read that was that in the way that Luke had to expel all of his energy to, to project himself across the galaxy, she was so weakened that just her calling out to Ben was expelling all that energy. So then, Ben himself sees his father. She has nothing to do with that. Well, okay, I I will slightly defend that in that it was meant to, you know, George Lucas famously once said the Star Wars rhymes, Mm -hmm. that, like, things reflect each other and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I could see that they wanted the scene where he betrays his father... To be, to be played back at him, yeah, and to show a different, to show what could have happened on Starkiller Base, right? But I don't think that. It just seems to me it's so silly. There is a mechanic in Star Wars for talking with the dead, and Luke is probably the person who Ben has the most to say to. Luke and Ben could have had that conversation, and yeah. it would have made it would have made total sense. And yeah. I don't think Luke and Ray's conversation was. All that enlightening? Yeah. I know. Well, <laughs> yeah. They, she, do they even like each other? I don't really think so. Yeah, I know. Then, you know. Yeah. yeah, that just seemed like a weird mix also. Um, yeah, but then if we get back to Leia, just Leia, the Jedi thing. Yeah. That was also... Mm-hmm. I will say the Jedi thing is the only thing that I think was done in service of The Last Jedi... I think you can buy her pulling herself through space with the Force more if you know. Because people have a big problem with that. I don't. I don't have a problem, yeah. Uh, But I think people, you could have less of a problem with that if she was trained as a Jedi. Yeah. So maybe that's the one thing they included to sort of bolster the last Jedi. Mm -hmm. But that's a small thing. I know. Um, Yeah. I'm, listeners are probably sick of me saying this, but. I really think if the film had started with Leia's funeral and Lando was there because Leia just died, yeah. it, it would set the plot in motion in so many different ways and you wouldn't need to have this like weird combination on and off screen death for Leia, you know? Yeah. 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 And also fixes that universes like centered around eight people 
thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again, frustratingly ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. I, um... <laughs> well, go for it. No, it's ju- it just funny that the... The idea, again, it, it's an unfair comparison, the films to TV, mm-hmm. but in the, what The Mandalorian does in a way that makes the universe feel so large and so lonely and so meaningless. But in the movies, the entire universe is ruled by a group of like 15 people <laughs> who all know each other and, you know, through generations, through off-scene yeah. Sexual relations. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just frustrating. I don't think we talked at all about Luke basically saying that he was wrong to be on Octu, which he says uh, in this way, and that really bothers yeah. me. Um, I have, again, listeners are sick of me talking about how Luke's, like, superpowers is nonviolence and how he refuses to fight and how at every opportunity he chooses nonviolence over violence. And I feel like if he didn't, if he didn't think it was a mistake to stay on Octu, if he thought it was a mistake to stay on Octu, when Ray offered him the chance to leave, he would have left with her. But he didn't. Yeah. He stuck around. I know. Um... Yeah, when he said that, that line is something that struck me even just the first time we saw the movie. I was like, what the hell? Right, why? Yeah, like what, yeah. It just didn't really fit even with his character, it seemed. Yeah. It just felt wrong. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. Just a lot of things felt wrong. And it just, a lot of things about the movie just feel wrong and sit wrong with me. And it's also an odd, weird timeline, too, because, again, the inclusion of Ahsoka at the end of the Jedi giving their power to Rey, Mm -hmm. like, Luke was not necessarily the last Jedi active. I don't, at that time, there's other Jedi around at that point. Well, we don't, I guess we don't know how. Yeah, like, what the timeline was when he got there, when the search was. Right. But it makes it seem like after the Academy, he was the only one left. Or at least the only one they they knew about. Yeah. You know? Um, And so it's funny. I actually, since we last recorded, I have finished watching Star Wars Ah, Rebels. there we go. So we can mention that now. Yeah, that there's another question mark in the universe that they haven't finished yet. There are a number of question marks in the universe that they haven't finished yet. But one of the things that I was hoping that this film would do a little bit was, like, J.J. Abrams had said that he wanted this film to connect the prequels to the sequels. That he wanted this to be a true nine-film series. Whereas, like, if you look at the first installment of any of these movies, they don't really connect to the other ones that much. Like, The Force Awakens, aside from having characters show up that you know... There's really not many plot threads left over, right? It's just they're kind yeah. of new stories. He wanted to connect them. And I feel like when you watch Rebels, which Liz, you must do, even more than the, I would say even more than the Clone Wars. I, oh, I, know, I agree. All right. I, agree. I know some people are more Clone Wars people. I'm, I'm Rebels. Is, but you need to watch Rebels, uh, Clone Wars first. Anyway, regardless. At the I end of that, I really felt like there was a clear path there was, mm-hmm. It was like if the films are a skeleton, Rebels puts flesh on that skeleton in a lot of ways, and it shows you how things 
from here to here connect in ways that I didn't really ever think about before. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I've been reading all these novels, and, and I just think that Star Wars can be this rich tapestry, and to do that, you need to give the characters opportunity to do new things, and I don't feel like any of the characters in this last film did anything new. No. And again, he, we talked last time we spoke about the continual undercutting of any value, any, like any risk, any... It was ridiculous. You think Chewbacca dies? Oh, no, he didn't. You think C-3PO gets his mind up? No, he didn't. Like, one of the only... Yes, Leia passes, and then we see, for some strange reason... Um, uh, uh, Snap Wexley die immediately before Wedge comes yeah, on. Like, he hears his nephew or whatever. Yeah, his step- stepson. His, yeah, yeah, die on the comms as he comes yeah. in to orbit. Yeah. Um, but the stakes are so low. I think that's, again, again, it's unfair comparison, but like in Rebels, it rips your guts out. You see the pain. You see the loss. You see what it means to fight and what it means to lose and what it means to put it all on a line in a way that these movies, even though they faced the brink of galactic destruction, nothing ever felt. I didn't feel anything from it. Well, they had the perfect opportunity. And while I know you didn't like the fact that Ray and Ben kissed, after she lost what was maybe her soulmate or the other half of her dyad, you know what happened? She showed no emotion at all, <laughs> which was so messed up. They didn't give her the chance at all. Yeah. No one gave a shit. They were like, no, she didn't talk about him. She didn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like, hey, this guy was all right. He saved my life. Nothing. <laughs> She's like, hey, guys, the trio's back together. Yeah. yeah. yeah which was it, so bizarre. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had the That's perfect opportunity. I mean, Some sort of emotional, like, yeah. resonance. To be fair, the women in Star Wars have always been much stronger and much better at, like, internalizing <laughs> their pain. No, but why? <laughs> why do they have to be that way? Yeah. Couldn't she at least be a little upset when she was by herself flying back? Yeah. Kind of just, like, stone-faced, yeah. going back to everyone. Yeah, no emotional depth yeah. at all. And see, I feel like maybe, again, if we're looking to, like, come to... Uh, logic about this, maybe like, well, she knows that he's one with the force now. But I will also, I will call bullshit on She's allowed so- to be a little upset. Yes, she is. I mean, and, and I'll call bullshit on all this. Like, I just feel like one of the things that is so frustrating about Star Wars, across all of it, is that it loves to set up things and then completely contradict them. And like, there was a lot of time, not a lot of time, there's a couple of minutes spent in The Revenge of the Sith saying how basically Qui-Gon is the first of the Jedi to be able to like communicate after he dies. Mm-hmm. And how he this is possible because he studied very hard and that Yoda and Obi-Wan have to study very hard as well so that they can also do this. <laughs> and that is why they supposedly disappear at the end when they die because they have like come to an understanding of the Force that is beyond what others have come to. Mm-hmm. Vader doesn't do that. Luke burns Vader's body. Leia, who never really... She trained as a Jedi, but she wasn't out there deepening her study. Ben certainly wasn't. Ben was half a Jedi and then became a Sith. You know? yeah. Yeah. Luke, Luke disappearing makes total sense. Yes. 
for the last 30 years, all he was doing was essentially preparing for that moment. Yeah. For Leia and Ben to disappear, again, I'm being pedantic here, I know that, but just, it, it, just shows, it just goes to show me how much this movie prioritized the, the visual symbol versus the actual purpose. Like, riddle me this. Why did Rey light her lightsaber at the end of the movie? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's an excellent why'd question. Why'd she go to Tatooine? I, mean, I, yeah, I, I can even... Why did she say her name was Skywalker? Skywalker. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can defend all of those things. I don't believe my defenses, but I can defend them all. I literally... Somebody said the only reason that she let... let to sell more lightsabers? Was to, was to sell toys. Yeah. That's the only reason. And you know what they sell at Galaxy's Edge now? The yellow lightsaber? Yep. Because that, that's essentially why it was done. I can defend the symbology of it, but oh, I can't yes, defend but, but the lighting light of it? it. Why did she light it, though? Yeah. Because why do we as America continue to let J.J. Abrams make things? <laughs> he has disappointed us again and again and again. Does anybody care about the end of Alias? No. Anyone care about the end of Lost? No. Does anyone remember he made a third Star Trek? No. Why do we keep giving him the reins of franchises? Maybe Star Wars. He's like an abusive boyfriend. He promises us this time it's going to be better, it's going to be different, and it's not. Ouch. Yeah. Well, maybe this will be the nail in his coffin. I don't know. Yeah. My rant. Not this movie. My rant. (laughs) Take that, JJ. <laughs> Maybe he'll be listening. I hope he's one of these 400. <laughs> he, it, it's not the JJ cut. It's the cut JJ. Oh, you, yeah. You want to get him with a knife. And yeah. Just... Oh, that's the most ridiculous point. I don't want to see his cut. What other crap could he have filmed? <laughs> really? So th- there are rumors that a lot of the stuff that we have bitched and moaned about are Disney notes that he and Lucasfilm notes that he did not want to do. Like apparently the kiss he did not want. Um, there are a number of things that he did not want to do, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. That's likely true of every Star Wars movie. I'm sure there were studio notes for all of them. And a good director will find a way around those things. That's a lie. J.J. Abrams himself said he put the kiss in to be a resonant note to the kiss between Luke and Leia, which is horrifying and the worst defense you could have come up with. The notoriously creepy kiss. (laughs) Oh, yeah. What? Bri- is but that why they're Brian together just the needed end? to pause. That- <laughs> is that why he chose them like to be together creepily at the end as like force ghosts? Like, hello, child. I don't know. We are here now. <laughs> Your adopted no. parents that are brother and sister. Again, I don't know if you guys how close you guys follow my retweets, but somebody had tweeted a picture. It's Luke and Leia talking in the like trees of Endor. Uh, from Jedi, and Luke looks at her. He goes, "Let's become ghosts and adopt an adult and adopt an adult <laughs> Luke, woman." I retweeted that yeah. one too. That one was so good not to retweet. <laughs> it's everyone's dream. Yeah, <laughs> just a weird choice. Uh, um, yeah, I, I hate that we're having this conversation. I really Me do. Too. <laughs> I know. You know, I I I truly want. I want. I was so ready for this film uh, to not be what not be perfect. I know. But to just yeah. be a good note to close out on. Me too. And I think that there are a lot of ways. This is, 
<laughs> so I, I can't watch Attack of the Clones and say, here's how I would have fixed this movie. Because I, I disagree with almost every choice made from top to bottom. But with this movie, I feel like there are a couple of things that if done would have really improved the movie. And that's what makes it frustrating to me, is that it's not rocket science what didn't work. It, it's almost like they didn't watch it before they released it. Did no one view this in its entirety and be like, what the hell is this middle part? Why are these reveals made this way? It just, yeah. I think it was just like rushed. And, and that's, Colin Trevorrow was supposed to be doing this movie and he didn't do it and they brought in JJ and they didn't want to delay the film because stockholders and shit. But like, if they had just given it six more months, yeah. did, it, did a May release instead of a December release, mm-hmm. think about how much better I mean, just just more time to to tune stuff up. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I really and truly don't know if anybody is satisfied with this movie, and I think that that is the key to when when you try and please everybody, you please, please nobody. no one. I know. Mm-hmm. I, that's the thing is, I feel like I, you know there were so many disagreements, even just within my own group of friends, over The Last Jedi. Um, but with this movie, I, I don't know. I feel like it's not the same. It's just everyone's like, meh. Yeah. Just everyone's generally dissatisfied. Yeah. I, I think it's it's really important for whatever comes next to not be like this. And I hope that that's the message Lucasfilm has got. Because, I mean, this, I mean, look, it made a lot of money and it was going to no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really hope that Lucasfilm can look at this and say, this is what happens when we don't let directors do what they want to do, or we don't, we don't trust the process, or we put the release date above the plot, or any of the other sins of this movie. My greatest fear with this though is that this is just going to be the way that Star Wars goes is that there's a decision and there's a course correction to that decision and there's a course correction to the course correction and you wind up with something that isn't any that has no vision to it it's just trying to please the people who were upset the last time yeah so like what One of the things that I think about with this movie all the time is, and and look, a big part of going to a movie like this is suspension of disbelief, right? We're not actually living in a world with lightsabers, etc. But stuff happens in The Last Jedi, and I'm not talking emotional stuff. I'm talking physical stuff. How did Rey rebuild Luke's lightsaber? The one that she and Kylo Ren destroy? Great question. Yeah. That, that's been my favorite now, yeah. spinning the wheels of the internet. Is everyone trying to explain mm-hmm. how things happened? Is it really Palpatine? Is it a messed up clone of Palpatine? What is that? Right. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Like, because none of it makes sense. But nope. then it, it, it's the same thing as we're going to be forever trying to explain away a purple lightsaber. Yeah. Well, so here's my, I mean, just like, again, I'm a pedant. I'm aware of that. But like, Kylo Ren smashes his mask. 
in a ship that was blown up. So did somebody like put it in a baggie for him and put it like <laughs> with his stuff? Yes. And then he grabbed his bag before he left and it happened to be put in the bag by his assistant? Like just dumb stuff like that. And I know that stuff doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I know that. But and this was so my cousin Sarah, who I love, if you're listening, I love you, Sarah. Sarah hated The Last Jedi. And not for the reasons I think a lot of people hated it. Like She's not an asshole who didn't like people of color and women having bigger parts in the movie. <laughs> I, you know, that is, I need to say that up front. But we were having a conversation about this over dinner, and her husband turns to her and goes, he nailed you. All, you just don't want Star Wars to change. You want Star Wars to be the same as when you were a kid, and The Last Jedi changed too much for you. It pushed things too far forward. And she goes, yeah, but this movie brought it back. I don't like that either. And I think that that's the <laughs> point here. I, I think that if the movie kept going forward, people who didn't like The Last Jedi could have found reasons to like the aftermath of it. I keep comparing this to improv. When you do improv comedy, it's yes and. You take an idea, mm -hmm. and if Matt says we're at a supermarket, I can't say no, we're at a bowling alley. We're at a supermarket, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I feel like J.J. Abrams is Michael Scott in The Office, and I don't watch The Office, but when Michael Scott does improv, he brings a gun into every scene, which is the one thing yes. he shouldn't do. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, because he, and, and like, that's what J.J. does. He's just like, yeah. he, he's bringing a gun into this he stuff. He's slushing into every scene. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I mean, she went and saw the next movie, so they already got the yes end. Right, exactly. So they got them into, you know, yeah. They got her into the next movie. Yeah. And yeah. And I think what, what keeps there there are more and more now fans like me who feel even though Star Wars is a movie franchise, that is what makes it different and apart from Star Trek. Where Star Trek is a TV franchise with movies. Star Wars is supposed to be a movie franchise with some TV series. But when the TV series keep hitting the right notes and keep getting things right and keep fixing the mistakes of the big screen things, it comes into question the role of the movies. Well, I, I think that part of that, and, and not, to, not to dismiss the, the TV, because you know I love the TV. Yeah. I think the TV just has infinitely more time to play with. Yeah. You know, I mean, think about the arc of Ahsoka. When you first meet her in the first episode of The Clone Wars, she's kind of obnoxious. She's mm -hmm. like a little kid and she's whatever. When you see her in the last episode of Rebels, when she is this like wizened old wizard, she's basically Gandalf at the <laughs> end of it. And like, and none of it seems false. There's mm -hmm. no false notes to it. It's because you, because you have six, you have ten seasons of TV to bring her from one place. She's not in every episode of it, yeah. whatever. But, like, but you have all this time to develop that character. But would you say that about the Marvel movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? There's not more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, there's not more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. than there is Marvel movies. Let's go look at that note that Aaron just passed us. I thought you saw it. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing... Uh, we're talking about election results here. Um, but so... Um, the... Uh, the biggest, like, I, I think the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was never going to be, there was never going to be more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, well, maybe there is now. Hours-wise? Is there more hours of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? There's know. like eight that. or nine really seasons. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But I guess, I guess maybe the difference. But I think that right there, it, 
you don't care about that you we don't know because none of us well, care at this point. but they all the, one of the differences the agents of shield was meant to be to kind of run concurrently That's, whereas the TV clone wars show, was intended to tell the story between two of the movies but what i mean is this though The reason that Clone Wars works on one level is that there's no question what the end of Clone Wars is. Okay. Yeah. You're filling in a gap. And Rebels, to a certain degree, also is mm-hmm. filling in a gap. And so when you have those parameters, you have... Like, like, if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to kill a major character yeah. that, that affected the films, not one of its own characters, but a character that affects the films, there'd be so many loops hoops to jump through to get that to happen whereas I feel like Hera was created for Rebels and yet she's appeared in some ancillary media but more or less she's a Rebels character mm-hmm. if they wanted to kill Hera they don't have to run that up the flagpole that's, yeah. that's something that just that, that's going to happen it's just you know you have, you have more autonomy with that sort of stuff I, I just I feel like the, the, the biggest sin of the sequel trilogy is that it didn't create? It didn't effectively create a new Luke Han and Leia, and I don't mean that in filling those archetypes or whatever. But by the if you see Han Solo from the first shot you see him in A New Hope to the last shot of Return of the Jedi, there is so much growth there. Mm-hmm. And maybe Ray and Finn have a little bit of growth, but I don't see much Poe growth. There was there was a lot that could have happened with Poe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and look, again, Carrie Fisher wasn't supposed to die. Colin Trevorrow wasn't supposed to be a bad filmmaker and get the movie taken away from him, right? <laughs> like, these things weren't supposed to happen. And so, but again, every production deals with that. Yeah. That's the thing. It's nothing new, really, right. those yeah. issues. It happens to a lot of movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happens to a lot of media in general. Yes. You know, like, the Beatles did not have modern technology. They had to work with what they were given, and they made the best of it. The original Star Wars, in the... the Fucking special effects are the way they are today because Lucas created industrial light and magic to make the things that were in his head. He took something and created something new to serve what he had. He took his, his, his meager means and made the most of it. With the ability to do literally anything you imagine on screen now, there was almost nothing imaginative in this movie. It's just like character development. Like, yeah. That's what we're teaching in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's very little character development yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where I want to end this conversation, I suppose, for tonight is um, I want us to be able to look forward, let's call it five years from now. I think that when, when I saw Revenge of the Sith the first time, I really thought I will never watch that movie again. I will never see another new Star Wars movie. This is the end. And, you know, that obviously wasn't the case. I I, I both watched other episodes and I... uh, I mean, I watched that movie and and the other episodes again and there have been more Star Wars movies. But I want to think about our reaction to this movie in five years. Do you think that we're going to have the same visceral dislike of the movie because the issues are so baked in or is part of our reaction to this because we had expectations that weren't met or because we like the last jedi you know like what are the you know how do you think we're going to feel down the road a bit 
it, that's what I was thinking about actually when we sat down to start talking, just how we would feel in the future about this movie. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I, some emotions will be dulled a bit, I guess. And yeah, after the prequels, I feel like for a long time, I felt generally negative about them. Yeah. But over time, those feelings did dull, and I feel like over time I came to maybe feel, or at least try to feel more positively about them. We were just talking about watching them again yeah. um, as well. I, yeah, I feel like maybe my reaction won't be as visceral as it has been over the past, Decem what was it, December, January, two months. Yeah. I, it can't be, otherwise I'll just be a crazy person. The because, roller coaster. Because as I, as I told your wife and my good friend and coworker, for about two weeks the movie was all I could think about because it was driving me crazy, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe isn't very healthy. Um, and, I, you know, maybe it's just something I'll talk about and how much I did dislike it, especially right afterwards. I, I, I'm curious to see what I do think as time goes on. Mm -hmm. If, I, you know, I, there are still parts I s enjoy on some level. There are parts I still dislike strongly. Um, I, I, I don't know, because I feel like, again, just I feel like those characters were so betrayed in so many ways, and these characters I grew to love, and I wanted to see them continue to grow mm -hmm. and they didn't have the chance to do that and I think that's what was so upsetting for me is that we didn't get to see them sort of grow and finish their journey in a way that was satisfying yeah, yeah. I think for me it depends on what this births and right now it seems like this is the end of the line for a lot of this other than I guess resistance which is now ending it's I believe it's, it's over, over yeah, yeah. Because I, and this is a lot of the difficulty that we talked about with the prequel trilogy, is as much as those films are terrible in so many ways, it gave birth to something that was so vibrant and had such a strong beating heart um, that we're still seeing it years later coming back in a couple of weeks with yeah. season seven of Clone Wars. Um, and then into the birth of Rebels. Does this grow into something more? Do we see a new Jedi Academy? Do we see Rey somehow connecting with the spiritual Jedi Temple Guardians, which is a possibility with the yellow lightsaber, the same way that Kanan had a connection with the Temple Guard? Mm -hmm. um, do, do we see something come from this that enriches and enhances Star Wars? See, here's my fear. My fear is that these we're going to see these three characters, Ray, Fon, Ray, Finn, and Poe, in films again at some point. It's going to be a long time. I think we're going to see it again. My fear is that they're not going to want to commit to anything with those three characters in comics, books, TV, because they don't want to put restrictions on whoever makes episode 10, or whatever they're going to call it, mm -hmm. down the road. And so any stories you're going to get are not going to feature these three characters. And with all the characters that are introduced in the prequels, we know where they wind up. And so you can tell stories with them because you know their end point. Because we don't know these characters' end points yet, they're not going to want to fill in much in the middle. Yeah. I really am afraid of that. Um, yeah. I mean, you're true. But I, I would be very happy with a um, Rose version of you know, Rogue Squadron. 
I think we're going to see a Rose Disney Plus show. That's like, one I, of my, I, w- I would I would like that. That's mm-hmm. one of my thoughts. And not an Alphabet Squadron, which is essentially just Nazi apologists. Yes. Have yeah. you read that yet? Uh, I read the first quarter of it, and just yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of Nazi apologists. It's real. It's it's yeah. gross. Yeah. Like yeah. Can we end on a super fun positive yes. note? Yes, please. I said I had a story for you guys. I'm ready. So, last Tuesday. I went to a, uh, it was a combo like press and members of the DC Universe online service screening of Birds of Prey. So I'm at this movie and my seats were in the front row. And I hate, the front row movie theater sucks. I'm like, oh, this fucking movie. I'm gonna sit there, my neck's gonna hurt. <laughs> but some host from a TV show I don't watch came out, like a, a DC Universe, like their daily show about comics. And they're like, we have a great surprise for you guys. The cast of the movie is here. And so, out came Rosie Perez and um, all these people, including Ewan McGregor. Yes. <laughs> who was as close to me as Liz is right Run now. Run Row is the best scene. Oh. So they say, all right, guys. So they gave everybody these Harley Quinn pigtails to wear. And they say, all right, guys, the, the staff's going to come right, the cast will come right in front of you, take a picture with all of you guys wearing your ears behind you. So, all right. Ewan McGregor is walking towards me. And I go, want to borrow mine? He goes, yes. So he put what? these on his head, <laughs> and on my yes, head too? and then gave them back. To, I, I, I'm I, currently wearing them. <laughs> I, wow! I said my daughter's gonna want those. He said, "Okay, to give them back to me." He said, "Thank you." So I got to not only interact with Obi Wan, I got he wore. Oh my god! He wore those pigtails. So those are those are pigtails. We have all now worn the same things that Ewan McGregor has wow. worn on his head. We have. I hope he doesn't day. have lice because <laughs> who cares? Who, it, so, <laughs> it's lice that has it. lived on Ewan McGregor's head. Yes, <laughs> that sounded real weird. So, <laughs> so, 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 wow. so um, it's a it's a pretty fun little artifact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah. It is a good story, you know. <laughs> and there are pictures that they tweeted out. You can see me in the corner. Ooh. They're all, I was because I was right. I mean, I was literally closer. Yeah. He was closer to me now than than I am to you. And I got some pictures, just like sitting two feet from him, um, of him. So this is that is not zoomed in. That, that's that, that's how close, close I was. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and, and Margot Robbie, too. Like, yeah. Right. I see he has the high ground. Yes. <laughs> well played. Um, but, yeah, so he was, you know. So, and it's funny. So they, before the, the movie, uh, the person asked, if you could play one other character in the movie, who would you play? And there are very few male roles in this movie. So he kind of went, hmm, let me think about that. And someone in the back went, Obi-Wan. <laughs> and he went, Yes. I want to play Obi Wan Kenobi. It was a cool moment. Um, but yeah, so the best part of the prequels has touched this, and now yeah. all of us have. Uh, so undeniably, his, his force energy has come into yeah. us. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Well, that, was a, that was a fun way to end the uh, end this, this downer. Very. <laughs> yeah. It's a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of positive notes, although there have been some rumored production troubles. We do know that the Obi-Wan series is coming soon. Mm-hmm. We know that the Cassian Andor series is coming soon-ish. Um, On a neutral note. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think that could be, I think that could be good. Yeah. yeah. We have Clone Wars at the end of this month. We do. We uh, do. 21st mm-hmm. it, it debuts. Um, we have... Mandalorian season two Mandalorian season in October. Two October. Yes, confirmed for October. Um, there, There is... Star- I, I think that... The real final thing I want us to sort of end on here is 
the more I think about it, the more that there's always been bad Star Wars. <laughs> we watched the Christmas special. We did, yes. That, oh. that, that's before Star Wars was even like at its full operating power, right? Yeah. And so I, I think just as long as we're okay with that, and I think that Star Wars fans are very, are more invested in the quality than other fans are. Like, for instance, you're a big Bond guy, right? Mm-hmm. There are some dreadful James Bond oh, movies. Oh, yeah. But when that comes out, people don't say, like, no more Bond. Mm-hmm. They start arguing about who the next Bond's going to be and yes. all that sort of stuff. But there, there isn't the sort of um, apoplectic, burn-it-to-the-ground attitude that happens when there's a bad Star Wars yeah, movie. Yeah, sure. And I think we just need to get more in the habit of thinking about this stuff just like any other... Any, and, and I know that's hard for me, yeah. uh, and it's probably hard for all of us, but you know, yeah. there will continue to be good Star Wars and bad Star Wars, and... Uh, at least they're Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Again, if you had told me at eight years old that we'd have... That, that, that Disney Plus would exist in the sense of like, hey, you want to watch any Star Wars mm-hmm. thing ever, mm-hmm. whenever you want to, here you go, buddy. Yeah. I, I thought the re-releases were the, the last hurrah. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought once we saw the digitally enhanced <laughs> Jedi, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And we've yeah. seen so much yeah. since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I believe at Star Wars Celebration, we're going to find out what the next film is. There is still a film being released in 2022. They haven't announced what that film is yet. Um, I believe we'll probably get an update on all the Disney Plus series. I also think they're going to do. So, like, Marvel. Was it a Comic-Con, I guess, when they announced all of the Disney... Or Disney's D23 Expo? Something they announced, like, all... They announced WandaVision and mm-hmm. um, Winter Soldier and Falcon and Loki and Miss Marvel. They announced, like, five or six series. With Star Wars, they, they've only announced a couple of things officially. I think we're going to see a big rollout. And I think Disney Plus is going to be where Star Wars is going to live for a while. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. me too. Me too. You know, I do hope they put up things like the Ewok movies and the droids show. And I hope, I hope that stuff yeah. does start to migrate over there. And I, and I, I really, I would kind of like to see a high res version of the Christmas special, mm. uh, just because I want that all. Like to, I know Matt's shaking his head here, but to me, <laughs> I, I can't watch it again. <laughs> no, no, no. But, like, but to love Star Wars is to love all that stuff. Like you, you kind of have to accept all of that. Yeah. As as part of Star Wars, it's, it's a big tent. That's yeah. correct. Uh, it's a big top ten. You know, on a, on a primary night, we talk about the big ten tier. <laughs> but, you know, there should be a place for all of that. And hopefully, although the, the rumor is that that was a condition of Lucas's sale to Disney, that they would never release the <laughs> special, the holiday special, rather, uh, officially. But maybe next Life Day. We can <laughs> maybe. That. Yeah. There's always hope. There's always hope. Well, uh, stay tuned for a, a bonus segment after this. And... Um, We'll be back in a few weeks. We're going to talk about the Legends of Luke Skywalker manga that was just released by Viz Media, which is adapting the Ken Liu novel of the same name. And uh, I cannot wait. There's one story in there in particular that I cannot wait to talk to you guys about. So we'll be back in a few weeks to do Look that. Look forward to all the other ones, too, then. Mm. The, the other ones are good, too, but, there, but there's one that's really, like... <laughs> we'll get into it. <laughs> Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. Thank you.